0: Hello and welcome to This Way Up. I'm Rebecca Roundtree and this is a very special edition of this podcast. I recorded the story of the Instagrammer slash blogger Clemmie Telford in front of a live audience at General Assembly in London. I was hooked from the very first few seconds of Clemmie's story. We covered so many fascinating subjects including the benefits of pursuing your side hustle, the importance of developing your own voice and how to conserve your identity when becoming a mum. So, so many different subjects and absolutely fascinating. But before we go into this interview, I really want to say a big special thank you to my trusted production partner, Cherry Duck, who without them, this whole podcast would not have been possible. Cherry Duck are not only podcast experts, but they also produce a myriad of content, anything from live action to social content and animation and so, so much more. So please do check them out at cherryduck.com now without further ado let's get straight to it Well hello and welcome to this live podcast recording. I'm Rebecca Roundtree and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm so very thankful that you are all here because this is a real passion of mine because I'm a creative director in advertising and I don't know if you, some of you know but it's a very male dominated industry and as I was growing up in this industry I wanted to sort of uh, find some guidance around me. And unfortunately, there wasn't many around, so I was sort of looking around, and I sort of had to work my way up on my own, and I decided that wasn't good enough, so I sort of seeked out some amazing women out there and started to find out a bit more about their stories, really questioning, you know, how they got to where they got to, and I just thought, you know, I'm learning so much from these stories, it's really important that other people can learn from it, because... There is just so much that they went through, and I like to talk about it in a way that it's the sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly of their career. I specifically like the ugly, I don't know about you, but the ugly is when you learn the most, you know, it's when... We've all been there when we've had a terrible boss or a a terrible colleague or client, and it just can be so lonely when you go through it, and you sort of go through it, and that's fine, but actually, that learning can just be passed on to other people. So the idea behind this podcast is very much to collect all of these stories so that I can help others along the way, and I, I know it's sort of advertising skewed in some ways, but actually... All of these lessons can be applied over any sort of career. So, without further ado, I'm going to get Clemmie to come on board. Big round of applause.
1: <laughs> yes, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. My absolute pleasure. I've left my husband up to his eyes in it with the children, we tag-teamed, and (laughs) 15 minutes before I was due to leave, my second was like, Mummy, can I get the Play-Doh out? I'm like, yeah, sure. (laughs) So we've got a Play-Doh ice cream factory and three kids to put to bed. Nice. What what could go wrong? Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, um, when we were sort of chatting and prepping for this event, I, one thing I absolutely love uh, about Clemmie is how it's her biography. The way you describe yourself is that you are a proud jack of all trades—a consultant, a creative director, a strategist, Instagrammer, blogger, fundraiser, campaigner, and mother of three.
1: <laughs> yeah. And occasional wife and friend and sister and all that.
0: What's great is that we've got plenty of time tonight to really dig into all these different elements because I think it's... A fascinating story but what I would love to start with is your humble beginning because that's the best way of sort of really getting a grip of your career yes. so you went to a famous ad school called
1: Watford yeah and, I, and as I said to you a minute yeah. ago there's a twist on that so yeah I did, what go, a twist? I did go to Watford famous ad school but I did the wrong course so at the time which was oh, I don't even know what it was 2001 there were two courses running at Watford the famous um, Tony Cullingham ad school and then a post-grad in advertising and somehow, I found myself doing the postgrad in and advertising wrong course. It was really odd. It was kind of like the theories behind advertising and we learnt what account management did, we learned what planners did when I wanted to write ads. But, as I always say, thankfully, I met my creative partner at the time, so she was an art director, I was a copywriter. And we always say, I think the course was £1,500, but it, it was £1,500 well spent to meet her, but it was definitely the wrong course. And so about a term in, we realised we'd made a fundamental error and spend the rest of the time getting our own portfolio together finding our own set of mentors in the industry oh wow and um doing relentless crits really because
0: that's pretty big deal. For those who don't know about the world of advertising, it can be extremely scary because you're sort of young and you sort of put yourself out there yeah. with your creative partner, which is weird because it's not your your partner, it's just someone that you come up with ideas with and on top of that, you um, you have to go and sort of see these very scary, which I'm sure at the time they were even scarier oh, than they are terrifying. now.
1: terrifying. Yeah. I you know, just think back and it was the days when you had a physical, oh, it makes me feel really old, but this physical portfolio and we'd go around and Quite famously, we, we saw John Allison and Chris Bover, who were Channel 4 and now Warner, and they looked at it and they are like, yeah, very nice girls, but I suggest you burn that portfolio. <laughs> and you're like, ah! But you know what? The, my biggest thing at that time was that we saw these, these um, ECDs or CDs, whatever they were, and they were like, oh, come back in three weeks. And we made it our business to always come back sooner than they expected. And now, having been in that kind of senior position, you say to teams, come back, show me your portfolio, and they never come, come back. But Lex and I were absolutely on the money. And so I always think that it was more our tenacity that got us a job yeah. than anything. We were like, we're going to get a job, however long it takes. We're going to keep coming back. And bit by bit, we got better at writing ads. And eventually, someone gave us a placement. Yeah. And, well, so obviously
0: a thick skin from the very beginning, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You did, we didn't really know that that made us different, but yeah. but it, it did. So we, we locked in that that was going to happen, so it's just a matter of time, I yeah. suppose. Yeah,
0: and then you landed your proper job when? Well. I know you did a few. Sort yeah, of we did placements. lots of big
1: placements. We did one at the time, which makes me, you know, it makes me angry as it did then. We did an eight-month placement at TBWA, and in that time, we shot three TV ads, wow. and we're on placement, and well, like, oh, you know, we're going to get going to get a job in a minute. And they used to We didn't get a job. <laughs> Three TV ads in eight months, I and mean, it's prolific. So then we played a, quite a, a good tactic at the time. So obviously, uh, Trevor Beatty had just left TBWA, and we wrote him a letter, old school, at uh, his new agency, BNB, and said, they haven't hired us. John to give us a job? He didn't hire us straight away, but we went in for placement and eventually he gave nice. us a job.
0: So yeah. you sort of worked your way up. Yeah. How was that? Because again, uh, you know, as I sort of mentioned, I can imagine it was quite sort of male-dominated. Was it hard as a kind of all-female? I female, think, you know
1: what, to be honest, at that point, I didn't feel very different from, right. the, from the guys. I really mm. didn't. I, I mean, it was always a thing that we were a girl team and we were made aware of that, but looking back um, retrospectively, we were we were on a level playing field. You yeah. know, our, our wombs weren't the, the crucial thing in the conversation and we were able to work hard and play hard and, and, and run with the crowd as much as anyone else. It was later on, I think, that that became much more an yeah. issue. And so you moved on from there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did. had a great start there and then we got hired by Nils Leonard at Grey and that... Again, felt it's funny when you reflect, all feel like different leaps of faith because at that point, Grey was not seen as a particularly creative agency, but we met Nils and, and really liked his spirit and thought there's something in that. And, and actually went back to all our original mentors from when we were placements and many of them were like, "Oh, why would you go to Grey? Why would you go to Grey? I think one of key superpowers is always to have this instinct and we felt that instinct so we went and worked for him and at that time Grey just transformed in front of our eyes and it, it turned out to be an amazing career move. Yeah,
0: because for context, uh, this advertising uh, agency Grey was kind of known I think in campaign because Neil Leonard actually put that on his wall last summer. Sort of heard his, him speak saying that it's where people go I and did. go to die. Well, it was
1: Gray by like name Gray by it, that was it was just known as a massive big corporate. Um, under his leadership, it was anything but. It was a really felt really cutting edge and like anything was possible. Yeah. And previously in Ages is where there was a lot of sign-off and you went in for reviews and he made it very much that people took control of their own briefs and tried to run with it. So yeah. it, was, it was a great place to be.
0: And how did you, so by that time, did you have your first child at, I at Grey? Uh, yeah,
1: so I got married at B&B, then left and, and then had my first child at Grey and, and that is like feels like the massive of course, the massive turning point in my life. So I went off on maternity leave I think, well, this is great. You know, I feel like I'm at the tipping point in my career. Things are going well. Going to have a baby, but I'm equally committed to my job. Went away. Obviously, having a baby is a massive shift. And came back after eight months pretty quickly, actually. It was OK. I think it was all right. I was kind of managing to make it work, trying to do some flexible working, but not really nailing it. But in the back of my head, I always knew that I wanted another kid quite quickly, which is exactly what I did. I left again after a year. Tell me if I'm going on a No, no, side. no. Um, and... This sounds like irrelevant, but it was fundamental to me. I had an incredible birth with my second child. I had a home birth at home, no drugs, breathed him out, came into the world on our toilet. (laughs) And it was a real massive shift for me personally because I thought to myself, fuck, if I can breathe a baby out i basically am invincible <laughs> and, it, and it's pretty, and i go back to that you know and if only if anyone hasn't got kids yet if only my husband could remember the way he felt about me in that second like, <laughs> Fuck. you know from then on you're like bloody hell women are uh, aces and that's not about how you have i'm not judging anyone's birth but that was a moment for me and i realized that in the first time I'd gone back to grey, I was really hiding the fact that I was a mum. Mm. I'd gone back and I'd very much tried to be the Clemmie that I was when, when I left to go on maternity leave. Didn't really mention them, tried to be cool, still going, you know, out for drinks all the time, et cetera, et cetera, And then, during that second maternity leave is when I started my Instagram account. And I suddenly had this shift that, like, in terms of my career, being a mum is my absolute superpower. So I became aware that I was sitting in these meetings, creative reviews with brands that were trying to talk to families and the the mothers that they were describing, their imagined version of a mother, was so fucking far away. I was like, how can the people in this room be writing ads for people that they don't really understand. And it's not saying, of course I can write ads for people who aren't me, but there is some insight about parenting that you can only really get from being a parent. Absolutely. I would go into meetings and, like, because I am a mum, I I know this. And then aside from the brief side of it, I had met these amazing empowered women on my maternity leave, found this community on Instagram, and I tried to replicate that in advertising. So I started something called Mother of All Meetups, which are dinners, they started as dinners, always put food in the middle of it, dinners for mums who are also creatives. Uh, which sounds like it would be really easy, but, God, to begin with, I think I could only find about 15 people to come to those. They've now grown. And so suddenly, by creating this support network of people going through the same things, I could replicate the Mum community online and bring it into agencies. Yeah. And it's amazing just to have that kind of... Um, network that I think a lot of guys in the industry have had for a long time and mm, That's right. and that there would be jobs coming up and we'd be emailing each other and it felt really naughty, like we're, we're giving each other a leg up, no, this is how it works No, get me it in can... for the interview yeah. it's a shorthand because we had dinner together last night also I was going to
0: ask you that if you had like two children like when you have like a massive pitch that we know sometimes yeah. is like work weekends, finish at midnight how did you manage that? Well,
1: I, to be honest I didn't manage it Okay, um because I just for me, advertising and my career is so important to me, but it pales in insignificance to compared to my children they are they are my everything, and I really believe that. Advertising doesn't need to work in, in that way. and yeah. Actually, as I then went on to work at Facebook, it's absolute proof of that. These meetings about meetings, these putting meetings in at 7 o'clock, it's not acceptable. You can do all your work between the 9 to 5. And so when... I've written about it a lot online, but when I first came back to work, I'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't make that meeting at 7 o'clock. And Then I, I like deleted the sorries and the apologies and then just because... I can't make that meeting at 7 o'clock because I've got a life and everybody deserves to have a life, you Yeah. Know? Of course there were exceptional circumstances, but I would go home, put the kids to bed, and then I'm happy to open the laptop up again and work, but I'm not prepared to sacrifice my no. real life for my career.
0: And you were absolutely right. Yeah. Did you come across anyone that said,
1: that's yeah, not and, one? Well, again, another big learning, that the people who were putting those meetings in were often... A really junior account exec. Yeah. And actually, to be fair to them, when I was in that position, why wouldn't I stay at work till seven, the, got the free beer, potentially even a free meal? I didn't have family to go home to. I was having a great time. And what I learned is that they weren't trying to do it to spite me. They had been educated that that was appropriate. And once I then tried to just say to them... It's not It's on. not appropriate. And it's the same with the leaving to go home. First time around, I used to kind of sneak, work out an exit route, and then... Um, Anna Mother who's one of my peers, talks a lot about it, but leaving loudly. Mm. Guys, I'm, I'm going home now and actually judge me, but I'm judging you for still being here. Wow, I love that, leaving loudly. Yeah. I think in general... And everyone can leave, where are you going to? I'm going to the theatre or yeah. I'm going to go and play football. Whatever the other thing is in your life, own it. Because if you talk apologetically about it and you are prepared to cancel it for that yeah. whatever... and I'm not saying we all have to cut our teeth in the industry, of course, you get to a point you know in yourself whether it's a piss take
0: yeah absolutely when you said uh, we cut our teeth uh, you know and you need to sort of get to a point did you feel that you needed to get a title before
1: no um, it's funny funny because obviously you sent me the um the questions over beforehand it's a really funny thing and i think it applies again to life not just in advertising but um of course because advertising isn't life but (laughs) when you get that first job you already know you're going to get it when you get the cd title you've already been doing the cd Mm. the cd job so it never feels like that you always think it's going to be this, like, Hollywood moment. <laughs> Same when when they propose. Yeah, well, we already knew we were going to be together. It's never it's right. never like that. You've already been doing it.
0: So it seems to me there's a kind of pattern going on where you just like, I know what I want, I'm going to get it. Yeah, and I, guess then, so. yeah. I guess so. I guess so. And well, they'll be apologetic is there, is, Yeah, but it. it's also
1: quite bad, and this is why these things are really nice personally to reflect, because i have already onto where I want to be next. To, and sometimes you have to mm. really be present. But that's
0: quite a good advice in general. That's to already think about the next step and try and owning it right now. It's quite a nice yeah, way I mean, of you, digesting. And, the, and you've
1: just got to black it, right? Yeah. Again, that's where parenting has been a great lesson for me. Because you assume that everyone else is nailing it as a parent. They're not. Nobody knows how they're doing it. And it, it becomes the same at work, you know, you just... Mm.
0: And on that, because I know you do a lot, obviously, with your Instagram account and mm. you sort of learning from other mums, mm-hmm. but before we go into that, you were at Grey, you became creative director, yeah. and then you went off to Facebook. Facebook.
1: So I came back to my second maternity leave at Grey and I'd started this Instagram account and I'd go into meetings and be like guys, I really think this like influencer, social media thing is, is something big. And they were like, yeah, we'll put it at this point in the brief. I was like, mm, it's bigger than that. And uh, that's when I was kind of come, I hate the word influencer. My Instagram account was growing and I got my first Instagram brief. I'd hit 5,000 followers and it was from publicists, another big agency. And it was a creative brief. It was exactly the same as the briefs I was getting at work. But the thing is, they were like, can you turn it around in two days? At this point, it's changed now. There was no feedback. Right. So I'd send through my content, my copy and my thing, and it would go live. And I was just like, what? And then I'm going back to work, and we've got a six-month development yeah. system where it's been chipped away at, and there's three people between me and that client and that brief. I was like, this has got to be really good. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking that something was happening, but, you know, I was... It, it didn't look like a career option but I went to a dinner and sat next to at the time the head of creative shop which is the, the creative agency part of uh, Facebook and basically I spent the whole time telling him how much I loved Instagram <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but he was meeting me as an agency creative director and then a, and a job came up and I went in and it was as a contractor role for a year which suited me really well and it was the most mind-altering, brain-expanding year of my career without a, without a shadow of a doubt. In without. what way? Because there's loads of, again, personal learnings in advertising or in agencies. i would found it's a lot about like, being quite cool and popularity vote. And then you go into Facebook and the most powerful people in that building are the geeks. And you couldn't spot them in the room. They're the ones with, who haven't got the swagger and they don't look... Like, you know, they're not in the trendy outfits. They're, those guys are making... Or guys and girls are making the internet. Yeah. And that was such a good shift for me. I
0: can imagine. Just to go,
1: oh, yeah, it doesn't matter how you hold yourself in a room. It's yeah. what you can do. Um, Did you
0: feel at that time then that... Because I was thinking it's almost like you had two clemes: the one yeah. at, in advertising yeah. and then the one on Instagram. Yeah. Did you feel when you came to Facebook... It I sort felt
1: of like I was getting closer, so I... There's a Steve Jobs quote where he, he said, like, just keep doing all the dots, and one day they'll join. And, and, you know, three years ago, two years ago, I was going, there are these dots, and I know that they're going to come together, but I don't know how. Right. And then that definitely felt like a real coming together. Because when you present, which you do a lot at Facebook, you always open with your own profile. So I always open with my Instagram account. And I loved that it wasn't kind of this thing on the side. It was suddenly my front and centre yeah, of, that's of, incredible. of what I did. So um,
0: you, uh, when you say you open, you use your Instagram profile... Y- yeah, to like or your what Facebook
1: what as your opening slide, you know. And you, you, because it, this is the big shift, that there are not two lives. I'm Clemmie, this is... You can see my pictures of my kids and my house and my... Mm. And here I am going to talk to you about that. Um, and the other key learnings from Facebook yeah. are... Um, they have a big couple of things that they hang their hat on, which is done is better than perfect, which mm. is, again, opposite, I think, to a lot of industry stuff. So they're just like, get it out, do it, learn from it, talk about it, reflect about it. And they're not bothered about something just being successful. They're always bothered about what it teaches you. So it, we have become, easily become obsessed with awards. But whatever you did, as long as when we went into the next quarterly review, we could have some really solid learnings even that that approach is terrible and we should never do it again yeah and i just found that such a liberating way of doing your work like not Absolutely. just do it have a go at it and no so one's going to tell you off
0: so embracing failures yeah. basically yeah exactly yeah. which is
1: fundamental to yeah what they do. it
0: is a really good modern way of thinking yeah. i wish most agencies thought that way because you just go round and round in yeah, circles and, so and
1: many Yeah, and you times. missed a boat, you know? It's yeah. too fast. It's too fast. And I love there that there is no old way of doing it. Mm. The oldest way of doing it is really new. And actually, nobody has a better idea than anyone else because we're all making it up. Because everyone, I think, thinks that Facebook have the answers. They always just say they have like a fingernail ahead of anyone else. Yeah. It goes out into the public domain pretty fast through development. And, yeah, I just love that there is no... No one teaching anyone. We're all having a go at it together, which is that hierarchy that you put off. And
0: I can imagine that for your own Instagram account, yeah. you learn loads on yeah. how to sort of cultivate just your followers. And, and then just have a
1: go. Yeah. You know, and we did a lot of just testing and learning and actually there are apps and there are things built into it, like, for example, Instagram. If you want to shoot a little ad... Instagram Stories has got a pretty excellent selection of tools that you can just make it. And whereas I'd seen agencies billing an awful lot of money to pull that mood theme together, and I could do it sitting in a meeting and and have a go at it. And that's liberating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Then I think we should move on to Mother of All Lists. When did that sort of come back? Can you talk a bit more about... Yeah, so
1: there's actually, again, there's a backstory to Mother of All Lists. Um, I wrote a blog years and years ago called Lists on the Northern Line, and that came about, and it's interesting, actually, it kind of, the middle of my career in that before I had a, uh, um, before I had kids and before I had a title and that time when you're working really, really hard and drinking really, really hard. And I had terrible anxiety, terrible, terrible anxiety. And I lived in um, Balham at the time and I used to have to go, I must have been going to BNB, so to, up to Leicester Square. And being on the Tube for that amount of time just sent me into a terrible place, which you wouldn't do now, but the way I cope was to write lists. Anyway, I did that, and it did all right, but it was early days in blogging, so I kind of parked it. And then, interestingly, probably at another time, which was quite difficult for me to process the change that was going on, which was having kids, I started writing lists again. And both the Instagram and and Mother of All lists came about from my own need. I'd had my first kid... And I was just like, oh, my God, is this it? Like, this is not fun. (laughs) Like, my NCT group, and I won't go too deeply into my other thing, but my NCT group, I always do this, I feel bad to the people, but everyone was kind of (laughs) acting like it was all right. And I'd meet up with them and be like, guys... Is anyone enjoying this? Because I'm not enjoying this, and nobody would level with me here. And I was just like, and I'm like, you know, as anyone who's had kids, you're, you're fighting with your partner, your body's fucked, you're, <laughs> everything that you wanted to do to go and have a good time, which is like go out, go shopping, go and anything, and even work, you know, my sense of identity was so tied up yeah. in my job. And suddenly, I'm not in... Like, I'm all about getting dressed up for work and all that banter. And, you know, there's not... A kid no. doesn't give you much banter at that stage. <laughs> so it was, it was really shit. And then I... On my second maternity leave, I... I started writing this blog and there was a thing at the time called Mother's Meeting and I met these women and we were all, we were just like, thank the Lord, people who just were like, oh my God, motherhood is the best thing but it's the hardest thing. And the more honest I was online, the more of the kind of disaster moments that I shared, this traction came back to me. And it was a zeitgeisty kind of moment when a few big Instagrammers we were all started sharing this, this. Like truthful version of motherhood and it it saved me and it started at that point to save myself and then it's now evolved into being a platform for voices for women basically yeah
0: which is amazing and actually in some respects those ugly stories that are so valuable right it's just sharing like i'm not having a good time right now
1: and it's normalizing all of that yeah so now the the, list i've got 250 lists on that site and I've covered the most difficult subjects you could possibly imagine, everything, mental health, grief, cancer, baby loss, all of it. And what happens is people share it and it's a massively difficult thing to do. And then once it goes online, this community gathers around them and they, and they find their people.
0: Yeah, because I wanted to ask you about that. I'm always astonished about the sort of topics. Like it's, it's full on and I really would recommend everyone to go on Mother of All List because some of the stuff that oh. you put up. Well, I get the email
1: through, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, this. You know, I shared one today a woman whose baby was born at 24 weeks. 24 weeks, and wow. it's yeah, and and how do you find these women, and how? At first, it, it's a combination of things. One, just me sniffing out things on Instagram and seeing that conversations and and this huge belief that everybody has a story you could sit here and everybody would have a list worth publishing on the blog for sure and people what feels like your story is interesting to everyone else and now I'm really fortunate in that it's, it's People come to me with them.
0: And I also think the format is really helpful yeah. because I think a lot of people might not feel like they're the best copywriters yeah. or you know, writers out there so they can just use the bullet points because yes. it's all like it's a best, list of yeah. how to survive. Everyone
1: uh, says so to, to me, well, what's the brief? I'm like, well, minimum work out of 1,500 words, write in bullet points, start writing, and I guarantee it will happen. And, and, it, and it just does, and I love that kind of thing where you meet someone and you don't know how good a writer they're going to be. And yeah. obviously in the world that we're from, we're used to good writers, but you yeah. can just have someone just suddenly just really flourish in that. I've had two people have book deals off the back of Publishing no Your my book. No you way. Can know, you have, tell us? Yeah, Babe, who is part of the Yumi Big C, she's just written... Um, Fuck You Cancer and Nicola Gaskin who's written a book about baby loss and they've both been published in the. And
0: from the the actual blog itself? Well from
1: being from um, publishing houses finding them through that. That's amazing. I know.
0: So you're really kind of were at this sort of perfect timing within Instagram and what you were sort of trying to see. Yeah but you know
1: what I always say I didn't start off to get a follower. I I started off because I was Going to yeah. say on maternity leave, and and yes, with my advertising hat on, I could see there was something interesting. And yeah, the first time I got that brief, I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is this is interesting.
0: And when you were saying about how uh, something I picked up about when you had sort of your baby and, and your personality changing, because yeah. I think I, I actually get a lot of people who say that not if they have children, but in general, I think in our industry and maybe it's in a lot of different industries we often attach our personality to the job. And in advertising, yeah. it's really prevalent. Yeah. And it's hard to sort of get out in some yeah, ways. it
1: is. And it's so tied up with the work hard, play hard thing. Yeah. And that's really... And, and I loved it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. You know, the fact that we had free bars <laughs> was amazing. But that's, it's such a messed up kind of premise on success is yeah. how hard you can, you can party. Absolutely. And, and all that banter, which, again, is something I learned from Facebook because it's very international and you're often dialling in with meetings all over the world. You don't have that banter, which I missed at first, but actually you realise... what that is that in mm. that for a it's a waste of time ten minutes <laughs> of banter really because if we all took those away from the meetings we could all leave an hour earlier but also that that's all about hierarchies and who's popular and who's got the gift of the gab and actually the introvert in the room could Thank be the you. most talented and they lose that confidence yeah
0: yeah no I just thought I sort of picked that up because it almost feels like mother of all lists was a really nice way to sort of pull that sort of personality yeah. of who you are as a person yeah. which is obviously a copywriter and also but it's a interesting mum.
1: yeah more and more i found my voice i swear yes is, and the more raw i was every time and it still is now Everyone's was like i feel like this is a weird one or it's a bit embarrassing or how's this going to land they are always the ones that, that, that yeah. do the worst
0: can you give us an example? Like, is there an, any point where you're just like, no, that's like, too much? Or like
1: no, I mean, I shared a picture, which is probably my most viral picture, of me at 40 weeks pregnant. Right. I wasn't naked, it looked like an, in just knickers. And looking the antithesis of all those images of pregnancy. So I looked fierce, I looked fucked off, I looked anxious. Which I was feeling all those things. Yeah, And I was like, oh, God, I'd, my overriding thought sort was, of, God, my boobs don't look very good and I look really cross. <laughs> but I'm going to put it out because I, I liked it and it just it went mad because people were like yeah that is that is what I look like and that again it's that honesty and that truth yeah. and that yeah just being raw I suppose
0: yeah and I think that's really important what do you, do you sort of what happens once you've sort of put it out do you like have interactions with the people yeah afterwards? it's really
1: hard it's really hard because there's all if you've got a social media Profile. There's always this thing between it's my job or part of my job now. But yeah. I'm am a person, and so I put <laughs> limits on it. I get I get a lot of communication from a lot of yes. things, now. so I will try and give it some time. But you you know yourself with your own social media use. If it becomes that kind of scroll of doom, or they're just mm. replying and and not talking to my kids or my husband yeah. or my friends. Then it has to stop. So you can only give what you can give it. but
0: Yeah, because I was going to say, is the ugly sort of shifted from maybe, I don't know, a bad boss or a bad. to, to, to those ever people? Yeah, ever Yeah, ever
1: present. Yeah, and it's been interesting for me this year, my third maternity leave, where everyone's like, how's maternity leave going? Well, I haven't really had maternity leave this time. And that's not because I've felt like I've given too much of myself, but the opportunities that are coming my way are ones that I love, and I feel like I am a better mother. When I have more of my own self, and so everything that I do, like to like where I get to feel like me. Tomorrow I'll be better for Greta, who's <laughs> my daughter. Um, but anyway, uh, the problem is I've up until now with the Instagram, I've, the Instagram with Instagram, I've always had the boundaries of my job. So I would go to work, I maybe do a little bit of posting at lunchtime, come home, I post. Then now it's all to play for, right. and I'm my husband starts paternity leave. Or share paternity leave in a few weeks' time, and I'm desperate to kind of get those structures back in. I'm a girl who likes to get the same train, who likes to have lunch at the same time. You've got to have those. Yeah, structures. and
0: can you tell us a bit more about that? What What is it that you're planning to have? Is it feels really exciting the way you just said it? Well,
1: no, I'm just planning to get some normality back. I'm planning yeah. for him to f- see what three kids is like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to go out to work again and and give because uh, at the moment it's all done. Yeah ad hoc or when I can and grabbing time and the problem is when you're grabbing time you don't know when to stop whereas if I can go okay I've worked for this many hours I work every single night at the moment on it the beast that is whatever this is and I don't want to do that anymore because there's no point doing a job that you love for the flexibility and being your own boss if you end up just working Not all hours, any time, yeah.
0: Because that's what I was going to ask you. It's no longer sort of the nine to five with no. you. You might be working on a Sunday. Might yeah, yeah. And working. I do work all
1: of those. And yeah. it's hard because I'm my own boss. The opportunities are unbelievable, so I yeah. want to do them. But I need to work out. So there's a book by Emma Gannon called the Multi Hyphen Method, which is exactly oh, yes. about owning this. That's the rewriting of my bio. <laughs> and she said, you know, you've got to look at all the old the anxiety points. So. I now have Monday and Friday blocked out on my diary. I obviously work, but I don't go into town because I love that coming off the weekend, yeah. bash, bashing through emails. And then I also know by the end of the week, actually any meeting that I'm going to have, I'm not going to be my best self. I'm better to try and tie up the week. Right. And again, this is the joy of it being my own thing, that I can put those things in place yeah. to go. And I literally have them yeah, blocked out to so go. And I do stuff, but I don't see do outward-facing things. So
0: it feels like it's very much about you finding your own voice. It's not just saying things out loud, but it's also finding your best way of working with oh, yourself. All and of
1: this has been like the most elaborate form of therapy. <laughs> it's all for me. It really is all for me yeah. and in turn my family. All, I, yeah, I've started doing this intuitive eating thing and she's like, what do you want? And I want balance. It's what everyone wants. Yeah. So that's
0: really key, I feel, because it's, it's, And I think everyone should feel that way, where, you know, there's always been that sort of feeling of, like, nine to five, you're at work, you stop, and then you become this other person. But actually, that's when probably you're the most unhappy, because you're all of that. You know, it all sort of goes together. Well, I
1: just used to be very aware that, and it's the same with everything even now, but you go and give your best self to work, I'd be, like, full of banter, all, you know, in my nicer clothes. And then my husband would come home, by which point I'd put my pyjamas on, makeup off, monosyllabic and and I've really and the same applies now I could go yeah. and do this now and then I could still go home to him and be monosyllabic yeah. it was our wedding anniversary yesterday <laughs> and at nine o'clock we're either end of the sofa with a decaf tea and a satsuma I'm like oh fucking hell how did this happen where the baby is it's going to come back yeah out. Um, but yeah, making sure you're giving your best self to the people that matter most to you. Yeah. And, and we'll including you in that, I think.
0: Yeah, and I feel like what it's also important not... There's no choice. Like, you don't have to, like, oh, well, I'll give my best self to work because they're the one paying me and that kind of thing. Actually, you're going to be unhappy but with maybe a bit more money, but, yeah. you well, know... What,
1: yeah, the money isn't everything. You know, no. That's easy to, for me to say at this point. Yeah. At points when I was being really hugely underpaid, which every junior creative is, it was about the money, but you get to a point and you're like, what is the most important thing? And for me, yeah, it's, it's family and happiness and, and being balanced and not yeah. stressed. That, that, I just know what that endless feeling of stress is and that Sunday night doom. And it's, it's not good. It's no. Life is short.
0: Absolutely. And it, what's interesting is actually as soon as you sort of went towards your passion, it sort of started to reward you.
1: Yeah, it's true. You manifest it and in it, and it, yeah. With the it's money. It, it. You know. yeah, yeah, it does. It's true. And then yeah. it becomes what a lovely position to yeah. to make those choices based on a passion rather than financial gain. But that is, yeah, a certain point in your yeah. career. So
0: what is it now? Because you sort of left Facebook. Yeah. You obviously had Greta. Yeah. Um, and you were, still, you were still Instagramming the
1: entire time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I still have... She's not even eight months old, so we're yeah. still, like, conventional. I keep reminding myself of that. Although, weirdly, in three weeks' time, is the point that I went back with both the boys, and that is the point that I'm going to hand her over to right. Ben for... And now this next chapter, which is scary and is exciting, is beginning to join the dots, as I, as yeah. I said. So I'm doing consultancy... With you know, all of my old agencies that I've worked at to try and oh, that's teach them what I know from this way right. up. I want to work a lot with small brands, mainly mum based brands, and helping them do marketing and social strategy. Yeah, and then I do hashtag ads on my Instagram feed, which everyone else is up in arms about. I'm like, oh, guys, I have no problem with writing ads, I am into that. <laughs> and it's and I love it because what I actually want to do is work with brands from the brief. From, yeah, the strategy right through to on-feed. And that means that I put better content out Yeah, and, and, and do good marketing. Who knew? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so is, this, is that process quite an easy one for you because you are Well, you know, it's, it's
1: getting closer and closer to the old, the old system. So now, it, it, two years ago, I'd get a brief and as I said, it would, you almost wouldn't have sign-off. It would almost go up live. And yes, right. maybe they'd revise it after. Now I'm working on things briefs at the moment and you've got three or four rounds of feedback right so it, it feels more like wow the but the joy for me is that there is a line you know yep. and I go it's my feed it's my voice yeah you can help you know you can ask me to say things but this is where I'm stopping
0: so that's really interesting because, actually, again, you're sort of putting in rules that you're you're not going to go beyond. They can you go can, with someone else if they yeah, want to, but this is your, your within
1: reason. There is, yeah, this, I mean, it's because. Although yeah, never more so is it's it's on my with my name above it, so it's has yeah. to feel authentic and real. Absolutely. Um, so that yeah, that process is still there, but I, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it, I love getting a brief, and it's the same. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I like writing ads.
0: It's just weird that you're writing ads, but you're like at the you know you're featuring in the right in the centre. Oh well, yeah, they put
1: it live, and yeah. then, then it, and and I also it's love, to do with your life. Yeah, and I mean. also I can see how it's. Being received like the days of putting a poster ad up or a tv ad you know my mum might tell me that she liked it but now i know yeah Uh, and then i get to have a conversation with people and yeah and and again similarly it's not always the stuff that i'd backed to get the best traction that does yeah and and that's humbling as a creative to go oh yeah they really like that i didn't think that was that that was you know
0: yeah, so you're learning a lot. And I think on that, I would really love to talk more about your followers mm-hmm. and what kind of like relationship you have with them. Yeah. How many do you have? I think
1: 88? Mid-80s. And it's really funny because this is like... So not I kno- 88 people eighty-eight kn- thousand. i know that i've got 97 percent women followers wow. so repellent to men but thank you for being here <laughs> you're like the re- real life representation i think the three percent are just my yeah. brothers and dad and my brothers periodically unfollow me because they find what i do <laughs> repellent um when i put pictures of me nearly naked on the toilet and they're like me no, yeah, why <laughs> um so yeah what relationship do i have with them uh, well, first of all, that Instagram and that community has brought me real-life, amazing friends who mm. I... The, the core of pe- like people that I'm well-known for being friends with on Instagram are people that I have Sunday lunch with, that I go to the park with, that I'm on a WhatsApp group, that when I had Greta, Steph, don't buy a flowers, you know, we had tiny babies together again and we were talking about all the stuff that I talk about with all my friends. So when people are like... Talk about our network, we're just mates. We're, yeah. We're just mates. But there is a community there that, yeah, I, 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 I mean, of course, I don't know 88,000 of no. them, but I feel very supported yeah. and grateful and inspired and all those buzzwords, but they're real.
0: Yeah. And I almost don't want to ask you this question because yeah. I feel like every Instagrammer get that question. But, you know, you must have those people who are obviously quite negative and Trolls, so yeah. Trolls, yeah, those people. Um,
1: I don't get very many of them. Oh, great. I really don't. Because usually what I'm talking about is myself. As yeah. I say, this is my own therapy. So that is usually the way I can come back at anything. Like, right. I am not suggesting that what I am doing is right. These are my learnings, my yeah. journey. And then normally, if you do get some, I, depending on what they are, I talk to them yeah. on DM, and they usually go, oh, yeah, sorry, you know. And what you need to remember, what I try and remember, is, again, particularly amongst my followers, we are all mums, probably mums with relatively young kids. That is a vulnerable, mental, tired... Irrational time, and so sometimes when things have got a bit <laughs> fiery, I'm just like, you know what, we all just feel the same. We're, yeah. We're, we're just trying to make it work, and not, we're not probably communicating in the best way.
0: And did you ever have a time where you, you yourself was, you know, tired, and you sort oh, of responded? Oh, yeah. D- yeah, and I put posts and up,
1: and you're like... Um, but I, yeah, but I'm all right with that, because, because some people delete posts, or they... But we're all just we're all just yeah. trying, you know. And yeah. I don't pretend to be putting out super polished. If if I take away that rawness and that kind of yeah. ad hoc, then then I lose the essence of what my whole feed was about. Yeah,
0: that's really humbly. I mean, I I, I think way too much about what what I post it out there.
1: It a, a habit. For me, it's such a It's just a now habit. Yeah, you know, if you do something enough, it doesn't even. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, absolutely. So where. Do you see yourself in sort of five to ten years? Have you thought about that or was it not your thing?
1: Oh my God, it's like my internal thing. Oh, okay, great. Always trying to, <laughs> if I could crack that, I'd everything. And uh, actually, what I've thought, I've realised you can't quite be thinking that far yeah. ahead anymore because I would never have believed I'd be doing this. And, and I mean, I, I did a, a um, manifesting, a visualisation board at the beginning of the year of like brands that I wanted to work with. And I manifested that I wanted more flowers in my life. And you know what? It's blooming well come true. I've got loads... I'm <laughs> working with flower brands and things like that. It's really stupid things. But they're That's they're that brilliant. Thing that I want to take off the lists. Um, and I've got a new thing called Lists Live that I launched last right. week, which is um, taking the lists from the blog and bringing them together yes. in real life. So I did one last week for Stand Up For Cancer, where I had myself and four other women sharing their cancer stories. Woo! That wow. was... The the most emotional two hours of my life. It's incredible, life-affirming, eye-opening things, and most importantly we got to hug each other at the end of it and that is what I really want is to take all the amazing online support and community and and try and bring that into pockets of real life
0: yeah because those people are the ones that are featured on your blog that you got to sort of invite at a live event which is great in real
1: life and it's very different to to see humans and it's really easy to hide behind a feed exactly
0: wow I feel like super humble by like, learning so much <laughs> from all that you say and i feel i have about 100 questions but I, it might be a really good time to sort of stop here yep. this amazing podcast so i'd love to say a massive massive thank well, you and brilliant. a big round of applause <laughs> <laughs> thank you for
1: listening to me
0: um as I said i had about 100 questions but i'm very aware that you know, One of the key things about doing a live podcast is to ask you guys uh, for some questions. You might have some burning ones. There are some microphones about to be going around, so please don't be shy. Any
1: questions, um, please go ahead. How are you literally juggling three kids and anything else? Um, I mean, it's fairly mental. Don't get me wrong, it's fairly mental. Uh, but I, I'll say it again, it's fairly mental... <laughs> But I, I just feel this is a real moment in my life. And so I don't want to burn out, but this, it's worth kind of spinning those plates. My two, if you want to go down to the details, my two boys are in childcare, 9 till 3.30. Greta, I have lucked out, is like a dream boat baby. She's so she's just come along with me for the ride. And, yeah, we're muddling through. And, it, yeah, I've always known that Ben's going to be doing this shared paternity leave so that I can shift. But... When you're, it's all the cliches. When you're doing something you really love, and the opportunities that are coming my way, that, then it doesn't feel like work. But also, as I say, I, I'm really have these parameters. If I don't ever stay out till after half ten because I'm get, am a wimp. I don't do things on Monday and Friday. It's is My cut off. All those kind of things. I, I put in some pr- yeah some parameters for myself because otherwise I crack. Snotty crying, shouting, kind of, why haven't you done the laundry basket? You know, that kind of stuff. What made you leave advertising to go to a tech company? So I didn't feel like I was leaving advertising because Creative Shop within Facebook is made up of all agency creative directors. So I felt like I was going to another agency. And then I kind of got there and I was like, oh, this isn't an agency, this is a tech company. So it it was a very natural move that felt really safe with, yeah, people that I recognise from, from the industry. And Creative Shop works on a consultancy basis, so you don't have clients. We would just work into agencies and into big brands. So I felt like, yeah, I felt like the same world, but in a different space, which was ideal for me. Hi, I'm a design student, and I'm wondering, going to be going out into the professional world soon. Yeah. Is there any either advice or something you think that we should maybe try to move forward as kind of future Creative professionals. Uh, No, actually, my belief is that nothing has changed. Everyone's like, what's the newest tech? What's newest tech? Within all the things that are available, it's fundamentally still the same. You know, a great piece of insight, great craft skills, still, and and working on those in whichever platform they they are in. But. For me, a great Facebook ad is exactly the same as a great digital escalator panel ad. It needs to be really crafted. You need to understand it in three seconds, in, out. And so nothing has changed. But on a personal level, it's commit to it. You know, If you're going to do it, you're going to do it, and then you'll get there eventually. And our route, you know, I, we shorthanded the route, but we got there. We went to a direct marketing agency, then went into the above-the-line part. Um, but also when I got my job, it was kind of fashionable to have these side hustles, mainly so that it looked good on a page in your portfolio. I remember but that. Ge- yeah, wasn't Aww. it? Um, but genuinely, and having the side hustle, doing the, the Instagram again, was, was the bit that e- escalated my career. And it's so frustrating. The people that are now banging on my door wouldn't have banged on them if, when I was just in my normal role, although my talent is just the same. So just make yourself different and better from anyone else by having your skills and make sure they're things that you love
0: what would you say is like an easy toolkit for like a small business or brand on instagram like just trying to build up
1: to on organic or paid organic organic um i mean it's a big question (laughs) i think again it's going back to the same principles work out what you stand for don't be like learn from everybody else but look at the things i'm good friends with just like a Mum, and she um always talked about her core principles and you know never complain never explain so she doesn't talk much about her personal life she doesn't you know there's certain things that she features but choose five of them and just rotate the content and stick at it you know again it's the same thing i have been doing instagram like on this level for three and a half years so yes i've got a lot of followers but it's that is posting nearly day in, day out, learning, having a go at it, taking the Facebook principles of putting things out. And you know what? You need to learn what your audience like, and it might not be what you expect, you know, I want to know. I want to know your brief now. What kind of? What
0: kind of? I've got. I've got a business in. Um, it's in Crystal Palace. Like we're yeah. a like a children's play cafe. You're pop-
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh God, I owe you an email. My oh God, that's so embarrassing. But now you know that I'm trying to do a lot of things. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so tourism, so yeah, so we—I mean, like it's—it so it's a cafe, and then we do lots of kids' classes, and. But I'd come one step out from that, and what you believe in is kids' play and fun, and so you look at someone like the meringue girls who are just selling meringues, but they wanted to own the kind of rainbow look, so they go for that. So if you go right, I'm going to own fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, one in five pictures off the top of my head should be your cafe, but actually how do you exude those principles of fun and f- maybe you've got great food, so some of that, or family, and pull those... And just literally put those pulls in, and go through those that content. And interact. The, uh, the fundamentals of Facebook and Instagram is it is a community. You will not You will not build a following if you're not communicating with people. Yeah. And it might not feel like you're on their radar, but even not when you get to my size, but even me. I, I know people who are commenting on my posts and maybe I'm not interacting with them straight away, but I, I'm, I, you do have an awareness and that does grow. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, yeah, be a real person and talk to people, basically. So I was just wondering about um, a side hustle and kind of how... So I kind of have a bit of a side hustle and it's sort of growing and growing. Yeah. And it's getting to the stage where sort of brands are talking to us, but yeah. it's kind of really hard to negotiate that payment aspect and it's kind of no one really talks about it and you know we don't want to come across as though we're being like rude and like thinking we're bigger than we are but you kind of want the opportunities but so the fundamental things are we've all got to be paid we have got to be paid and everyone needs to stop being embarrassed about that my again moving to facebook i had been i had been underpaid at grey that is the ugly of it i had been underpaid quite significantly and i found out that and I um, did some research, this is an aside, but it comes back to it, did some research about what I should have been being paid, and when I negotiated my pay there, I just said, I need to be paid what I'm worth, that is it. And I negotiated a, a significant you know, rise on what they'd offered me, and it's the most empowering bit of language, you don't need to apologise for it, it's simple as that. And then when it comes to negotiating in your situation, just say, is there a fee involved, or is there budget? You know, you've got to take all the personal bit of conversation about it. I say this; I now have an agent who does this awkward bit. But um, and punch, go big. You know, what's the worst case? They they negotiate you down, but you have to say, I'm going to give. For me, I know what my day rate is. I know how much time it's going to give. Put that, ask for that fee, and then there are those principles, aren't there? Is it really fun? Is it for fortune? Or is it going to grow me fame? So there are things you do that are going to escalate your your profile, which are fine, and that's worth doing. But if, yeah, if it doesn't bring you one of those things, if it's, got to, it's got to pay the bills. I
0: that's love those three principles. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, my God, I'm going to use that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a junior copywriter in advertising, but I also like to write p- p- for me. But since what, writing for a job, I've kind of struggled to find that drive to do that. Is that something that you've struggled with or do you find that writing professionally and writing personally have kind of complemented each other? Yeah, it took me I think this is the thing we were saying, it took me a long time to find my personal voice because I spent so long, yeah, inhabiting all these different brands and it's quite weird to go, oh, what do I sound like? Did one... So the thing for me is that my own writing came about on maternity leave, so I kind of had those... Down times when I wasn't writing a lot, but I always this is coming back a step. But be kind to yourself. If you are really grafting at the, at the lower, you know, earlier on in your career, and you haven't got the capacity, I say do a side hustle. But you, yeah, be kind to yourself. You've only got so much, so much capacity, haven't you? But as long as you keep it bubbling, I guess a bit like me with lists on the Northern Line that at the time i didn't really know why i was doing it and it and it i parked it but it came back and it has ended up being really fundamental but there, you know you've got to trust the journey that's always my thing so yeah but just keep dabbling in it and and don't put too much pressure on it i think but do write for yourself it's so, it's so nice isn't it this might be a bit of an abstract question yeah, but like um, have you got any tips or advice for getting over the self-consciousness that makes you stop it perfect when you should just get it done Mm, Just keep telling yourself over and over and over in your head. And also, whatever it is, remember that what your bar is might be really different to someone else's. So for me, I thought I was quite an all right copywriter when I worked in advertising because everyone could do it. And then I know I'm doing it in a different field. I suddenly was like, oh, I'm actually better at this than I thought because I was around... We get really... In our creative industries, we assume that being creative is just a thing... And then you go into different worlds and people are like, what? You can come up with ideas. And, you know, you don't un- appreciate what a superpower that is. So, so yeah, remember that your skills are better than you definitely anticipate. And what's the worst that can happen, really? Like any of, well, I assume anyone in this room, what we are doing really isn't that important, I'm sorry to say. Like, we are not <laughs> saving lives. We have, I have people write lists for me who do these jobs where, like, or uh, who spoke at List Live, um, an oncology surgeon. It's like, oh, God, yeah. yeah. You know, we've got to really come back because uh, this industry is very good at kind of blowing smoke up its own ass and, and realise it and, and just thinking that it's more important than it is and it, it, it really we aren't saving lives.
0: No, absolutely, but that's in general. I mean, any industry, I think it's really important that we just realise... I just always love, you know, the full picture that you're giving me of, like... It's about you as a whole self, yeah. including the mum at home, the wife,
1: friend. Because this is it, friend. This is, there's only one, there's only, and doing that list live where, well, you know, a couple of them had terminal cancer. You're like, we only have one crack at this. What is the point of spending it on a Sunday? Doing a pitch is fine, but if you're doing a pitch that you don't really care about and you're not seeing someone who's important to you, or you're not doing a, another passion, whether that's playing sport, or whatever, or going to an art gallery, you, what, you will not go to the grave saying, God, I'm really glad I did that pitch.
0: Yeah, and actually that's a really good point. I always say to myself, well, I remember this on my deathbed, yeah, it's no, a really but nice way.
1: Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask, how did you deal with, if you even had it, um, the anxiety of when you were away from work and work, like, ticking on? Because I love my job, but I, I hate not being there because I get that anxious that... Yeah, I mean, role, I definitely, definitely felt that. Uh, completely, and then as in terms of a big time off, or just not being there for meetings or for just not being there in general, like if you go on holiday or maternity leave, and because you, you know have what? this role in the company, maternity leave was a, really brought this home to me because I was like, Wow, you know, I it's, it's been such a long time since I got back in of the office. And I think I either on day one or day two went back into the same meeting discussing the br- same brand campaign. I was like, I've birthed a human and like raised it enough to be sitting and eating and we are still talking about this script. And it's like, it really doesn't matter. And again, it's because now I'm too busy with the kids mainly, I often don't reply to emails straight away. And usually, with the work ones, with advertising ones, you can't reply to it at 10 o'clock at night, and then by the time you get back in in the morning, it's blimmin' well gone away. And I was like, I could have stayed up and replied to that and pulled it together, only to have that disappear. And so, again, it's that whole thing, it feels like it's really important and do commit to your job, but it really... Things don't move that fast, they really don't. And, and yeah, and actually, if you don't get in the habit of replying to that email... People s- figure it out. It's a really bad habit of this copying the whole agency in just to kind of call people out. Someone will figure it out without you, of, unless, of course, it is directly your responsibility when, of course, reply to it. I do love advertising. I feel like I've been really negative <laughs> about it. It's just it's better to love it with some, in some context. Yeah, yeah
0: being realistic. Hiya. Yeah. Um, Hi. It's maybe a personal question, yeah. but um, you talked a lot about your motherhood and your children and yeah. being very close and having that connection with yeah. it. Um, so just thinking about, obviously, the industry is very busy and at the start of our careers we're maybe not very high paid so it takes a while to get really your career going. Yeah. Um, at that point where you're now, would you have maybe changed anything um, at the point of where you started to have a family? Would you have I wanted to have it later or earlier? Or <laughs> it's, it's no, something that's, that's a great
1: question. question. Definitely don't put anything in hold for your, for your um, job because you don't know how long that... Journey's is going to take you know we, yes we all hope we're going to get pregnant straight away but it, that that might not happen and again you're never going to regret a brief but you might regret the point that you started having kids and and there is never this kind of perfect moment i probably wasn't when i i used to be in a female team my my long career I was only ever in a team with a with a girl and um i went off on maternity leave and as i went off We'd just kind of hit our prime, and she collected a lot of awards in that year that I was away. And, I, and I, I was envious, and I felt jealous and angry that I hadn't been there for those opportunities. But then I'd go home and look at my boy and be... I I mean, oh, actually, I didn't. my husband reminded me to look at him, and that is the the biggest, the best award that you could ever have. And so, yeah, it, you, ca- you can't get this perfect moment, because it doesn't work out like that. Life doesn't... it. If you feel like you're at the point that you want to start a family, start a family. Don't don't wait because, yeah, just don't.
0: Really, really interesting. I don't work in uh, advertising. Uh, I work in product, but so many of the the things that you said uh, really resonate. Um, What advice would you give yourself now as a 20-year-old?
1: Well, the good thing is I'd still go back and do the same job. I definitely would have done... Oh my God! What came to my head was like life advice. It's like you're always worried about being naughty and like whether you're having too much fun. And no, that is the same thing. Always like having sex with people, which is not the right (laughs) advice. But it's just like do all of that, do all of the like really fun, naughty, pushing the boundaries stuff, and and be thirsty for all of that that stuff because it's it's important because there comes a time when there wasn't. And then I'd also. Try and make myself not judge the mothers and the fathers in the room because I re- I definitely did I was you know in all kinds of again awful ways personal ways about how she looked or why she was leaving there and, and God my 20 year old did, self did not know did I Do
0: you think that's changing by the way just my own question the, is, but the the way people are are seeing women and and well, for
1: me yes but I'm in the eye of the storm right. I'm being we're being kind of People are wanting to hear our voices and wanting to listen to our opinions. But I'm, I'm pretty sure in age... Well, unfortunately, if you look at mothers at the top of the industry, there isn't many left. And, yes, I no. feel like I kind of am, but actually you go round and people have gone to TV companies or to tech companies or to... Yeah. And so it is unfortunately still the case that there aren't many people who are leading by example because we've all ended up following our side hustles i suppose
0: yeah and i do see that a lot but yeah. i think in, i also meant in general whether thanks to your sort of instagram account or other sort of yeah. instagram mums it's sort of changing about pushing that sort of image that you yeah. know it's allowed to have you're allowed to have a life and be yeah. a mom uh, yeah, yeah i definitely hope
1: that has, yeah it has it has shifted definitely. yeah oh great it's okay. amazing that's an exactly. massive thing in itself
0: and I think that's going to help for other women sort of coming in, whether it's advertising or any other careers. I think it's, it's a really...
1: But it is also that thing that I then feel really responsible, and as per your question, I suppose, about how do you do it all, it's really all right not to want to do everything yeah. either. Like, I see mums who are like, oh, you know, desperately trying to start a business on maternity leave or mums feeling bad for not having a career, and it's like, no, that... that this is working for me, but everyone's journey is their, is their it's own. It's different. Yeah. And actually,
0: the way you sort of described tonight, is actually about finding your own voice and yeah. your own journey. Yeah. And then you'll just be ha-
1: happier for so. it. Yeah, well, that's all you've got yeah. to hope for. Yeah, No, exactly. Yeah.
0: So I knew this would be a really hard podcast to end, and I tried a few <laughs> times to end. it. Yeah, meanwhile, my phone's probably <laughs> like, where the hell are you?
1: No. And you could slip it. No, videos. but I, I,
0: I just really thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you all did as well. So a big round of applause for <laughs> Claire May <and the laughs> Thank you. Um, and I would like to also thank uh, Sherry Duck uh, for the amazing sort of podcast recording. Um, Sherry Duck is a production agency that do much, much more than just podcasts. They do live streaming, stop motion, social video content, and a lot, lot more. Um, so a big thank you to Sherry Duck. And thank you to General Assembly for hosting us in their venue. Um, I would love to have you guys sort of follow me on Instagram uh, if you want to find out more about my podcast. There are a lot more uh, interviews coming up, people from Google and uh, all sorts of different uh, places. So uh, please do have a look on Instagram. You can also contact me on www.thiswayup.io So I hope uh, you enjoyed this as much as I did. It was really good fun. Ah, Thank Thank you. Thank you.